to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I have an awesome, awesome guest for you. I cannot wait to have a chat with him. Uh, Rocky Lalvani from Profit Comes First. How cool is that? Because I think we all know profit does come first. (laughs) Why else are we doing this, right? Welcome, Rocky, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You know, for some people, that's a dirty word. Really? Profit? Why is yeah. That? Well, think about it. Oh, they're so profitable. They're evil. They must have cheated somebody or done something bad oh, to be profitable. Wow. It's a lot, a lot of money scripts tied up in there. Wow. Okay. I This is so fascinating. I'm definitely going to come back to this because you know what? Like, yeah, that's, uh, I, even as you say that, I'm like, gosh, I wonder how many of us battle with, you know, we might call it money mindset or something, but that is actually a real, that is actually something that entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs battle with. So let's cut back to that for sure. But first I want to find out how did you, like your journey, how did you get to this point where you are now? Take us all the way back if you wouldn't mind. So back in high school, (laughs) a long, long time ago, (laughs) I was the kid who we lived in Jersey. I would go into New York City. I would buy stuff. I'd bring it back, mark it up 100% and sell it to my friends. So I was always making a buck somewhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? And then at that same time, personal computers were first coming out. So, you know, everyone is a fan of Apple today. Well, mm-hmm. I had the first Apple IIe. Back then we had a, a whopping 4K of memory, which um, it, it would... Nothing. <laughs> right? Literally nothing, right? Yeah. But what that what that exposed me to was the first electronic spreadsheet, which was VisiCalc. And I was in high school going into these accounting departments at this big Fortune 500 company going, hey, let me show you how to get off that paper ledger and start doing everything electronically because it was just a whole game changer. So I grew up native to spreadsheets. Everything I started to do was on spreadsheets. When I was in college, this bank hired me and they're like, do you know how to do this? I'm like, yeah. They're like, here, just sit here and do spreadsheets for us. I'm like, sure. (laughs) And so my goal was when I graduated college that, hey, I would build spreadsheets for people. Like, this is cool. It's new. But I had no idea how to market like, how do you go to a business person and said, I'll give you a spreadsheet? They'd be like, what? How do you even find these people, right? To, yeah. to say that this is what. And so while it was sitting in the back of my mind, I ended up doing what everyone did, went to college, got a good job. And honestly, good was the enemy of great because things were comfortable. And I, I coasted along and I did well. And I had a pretty good life. But then I found out that, hey, this spreadsheet thing is really big business. 
people are really struggling with their financials. Business owners aren't looking at their numbers. I'm like, how do you run a business and not look at your numbers? That's absurdity. But yet most business owners don't. I was like, now I finally understand how to talk to these people, how to create my market, how to market myself. And so I I left uh, a very nice corporate job and said, this is what I'm going to do because this is a lot more fun. Wow. And you didn't even, because a lot of people, well, I assume who go into, I'll say ex-accountants or, you know, that's kind of their background, but that wasn't your background, right? You're, you're literally just like your background is spreadsheets (laughs) and you just want to help. Is that right? Yeah. So I've always been a money nerd, but accountants aren't money nerds, right? They don't know how to build wealth. When you think of the wealthiest people, you don't think of accountants. So that wasn't my path. I did have an MBA. I, I did go do Bachelor of Science in Economics. So I, I followed the money side. The problem is when I got out and I looked at the money side and I saw what most financial planners were doing, I was like, I can't do this. This is screwing people over. Like mm-hmm. these are not good financial products and I can't ethically sell this. And so I, I at that point, you know, what's available today wasn't available back then. And I didn't even know about it. Today, there are um, fiduciary investors who actually do what's right, who actually teach, but it's a struggle. See, the problem is, and this is what Warren Buffett says, nobody wants to get rich slowly. If I come out with a course tomorrow and say, I'll make you rich this weekend, everyone will line up and buy it. But Mm -hmm. if I come out and say, hey, I'm going to make you rich over 10 years, I'll hear crickets. (laughs) The reality is, you know, we're all in overnight success after 10 years of hard work. (laughs) You got to do the 10 years and people don't want to hear that. Yeah. So how did you get cut through then? Like what was, what did you end up, how how did you go from, well, no one wants to buy spreadsheets, you know, back in when you were coming out of college to now it's like, okay, people need to understand the fundamentals. They need to understand what this stuff is and this is how I'm going to sell it. Like how, how did you kind of reconcile, reconcile that? So you know, part of that is the journey of self-discovery, knowing what you're good at, what you're not good at, where you, you shine and where you don't. So for most of your entrepreneurs, they might've read traction. They know Gina Wickman. They, they know the whole rocket fuel. I am an integrator. I do the nuts and bolts. I am not a visionary, right? And so what I did was partner with a visionary. So I partnered with Mike Michalowicz from Profit First. He's the visionary. He laid out the dream. He tells the story. And when I looked at what he was doing, I'm like, well, that's what I do. But I'm like, I'm not going to create the story. I'm not going to create the vision. I'm not going to create all the marketing materials because that's not what I love. I'm just going to partner with you, Mike. You do all of that. I'll just come in and do the work. And he's not the one who wants to do the work. He wants to do the vision. He's like, yeah. you do the work. I do the vision. Everybody's happy. And so yeah. I joined and became a profit first professional. Wow. I love that. Okay. Because what I love about the story is like being super self-aware of what a, what it is that you like doing, but also where your skills are. Because I think a lot of times people are like, well, I'm an entrepreneur, which means that I need to be that person, right? I need to be that visionary. I need to sell the story and I need to do all these things. Like I need to, I should be. Uh, whereas you are just like, no, nah, I know <laughs> I know where my skills are. I know what I'm good at. 
That and was a long journey of self-awareness. That was not overnight. Yeah. So how long that did that was take? years? Yeah. Okay. And what was there something in your mind that was like, I should be this person? Like, no, what? no. The thing, so along those same lines, when I was a kid, I had a very simple dream. I want to be a millionaire. Right. So I sat down, figured out how to do it. There's steps. It takes time. And I just went out and did it. But then I'm looking around. I'm going, hey, we're in America. We're in the most abundant country in the world. Why aren't there more and more millionaires? And that's where I started to learn about money scripts and money stories and people's relationship to money. See, I grew up. My parents talked about money. Everybody talked about money. It wasn't a taboo subject. And so for me, it was so natural. But I came to realize that most people don't know and they don't talk about money. And then, you know, I started to think about myself and my education. I have a bachelor of science in economics and I'm an MBA. My wife's a CPA. None of those things taught people how to build wealth. And so I'm like, hmm, we have a problem. And so that's where I spent more and more time trying to figure out how to help people with money. And the, the reality is it comes back to that same thing. Everybody wants the lottery ticket mentality, but entrepreneurs are more willing to say, hey, this is going to take me time. I do need help and I'm willing to accept and pay for help. Yeah. And so did you ever have your own money mindset shoes at all as you were, and especially as you, you know, you rightly pointed out that good is the enemy of great and you had to kind of break through this, I mm. guess, your own barrier of, you know, giving up some comfortability to take this risk. Like, yeah, did you have to battle with any of those things yourself? Yeah. So as I grew up and I learned about money as a kid, I just always remember about every seven to eight years, you would read all the stories in the front page of the Wall Street Journal you know, this executive was 50 years old, doing great. The economy tanked. He got fired. He couldn't find a job. His financial life imploded. You know, he got divorced. He lost his kids. I'm like, I will never be that person. And so I just figured out how do I build financial stability so that when that happens one day and Believe it or not, for those people who are employed, it happens a lot more often than you can imagine. Um, right now, that's unimaginable, right? We're in a, in a market mm -hmm. where getting a job is easy, but that is not always the case. So I built that. And I think part of that, though, is holding a little too tight to money, right? Not always enjoying it as much. But yeah. as much as that's a negative mindset, holding on to money is also good because it allows you to build wealth. Yeah, that's it's an interesting dichotomy because I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I struggle. I have definitely my own money mindsets, um, mindset issues. I would say, um, you know, and I don't know if I, I'm definitely not. I'm not alone, and especially being Asian, <laughs> up, uh, you know, first migrant. So from Australia, you know, my parents migrated from Malaysia. So first migrants into, you know, um, a great, you know, great economy, um, a great culture, and. You know, it was always that battler mindset with my parents, right? It was like because they had they came to give us better opportunities, like their kids better opportunities, but with that meant sacrifices on their end. And you know, love it or hate it, but they never let us forget <laughs> the sacrifices that they have to make. And I think that that you know, and I don't that they weren't deliberately trying to you know do anything, but you know, just 
I, as a, you know, growing up, I just absorbed this guilt almost around money, um, around how hard you have to work for it, how hard you have to hold on to it, how, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So I know I struggle with it myself. So what would you like, A, did you struggle with any of this stuff yourself? And then B, what would you say or how would you help someone like me through this. We all struggle with our own money mindsets. We all have our own programming and it's, it's an awareness of the programming. So if you think about what you're telling me, you're saying it's hard to make money. Mm. I guarantee you in your life, it will never be easy to make money because if easy money comes, you're going to be like, no, 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 it has to be hard. Right? Like I have to work for this thing. Like, yeah. I, yeah. And so yeah. you might be afraid to raise your pricing because, oh, that's too much. And that's how it would come out. Or if somebody came to you with a simple business plan, you'd almost be like, no, 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 it's too simple. You can't make money doing that. Let's complicate it. Let's complicate it. (laughs) And so, you know, I mean, if people think I'm crazy, ask yourself, why is it that everyone who wins the lottery and gets an inheritance is generally broke in three years? Because Mm -hmm. they haven't changed their money mindsets to having this kind of wealth. And we all have a money story. You just have to take the time to understand what's yours. And it is created by your parents. It's created by your grandparents. It's created by the people around you and the experiences you had as a child. But a brother and a sister, even two twins, may experience the same exact thing and walk away with a different message. Yes, super fascinating. So why do you think that is? We're human. (laughs) you know it's it's a lot of it is mindset you know how do you look at the world how do you filter things and so depending on how you particularly filter things and what you accept or don't accept is what it comes down to so one child you know they might have had their toys taken away or something might have happened and so they are much more fearful the other child might have been the one taking all the toys. So he's like, it's easy to get toys. I just take his, <laughs> right? So they have that different mindset, maybe. <laughs> so fast, so interesting. Wow. Okay. So let's um, let's go back to your your journey and your story. So you've um, decided to make this leap. So you, you know, like comfortability is not for you anymore. Was that leap into partnering? Like, did you already know that this is who I want to partner with. This is how I want to partner with them. And I'm going to make that happen. Um, and that is going to be the way that you're going to essentially get into entrepreneurship. It Was took that- years, yeah. years, years of trial, error, testing, talking, and fear. Yeah. So talk us, talk, talk, talk us through some of the detail of that. Um, I'd love to, to, to know more. So I built my wealth because I knew I wanted to finish. And I still had this job, but it was not thrilling. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I want out of here, but it's always a question of when do you rip the Band-Aid off? In yeah. the meantime, I still had my kids. They were home in the sense of they hadn't graduated high school. So it's a balance of family life, money, and everything else. And what I was doing was just constantly dabbling on the side. So try this, try that, learn this, test this out, see if this idea works, talk to these people. So just a lot of, you know, kind of learning and and 
testing and, and watching the marketplace. So my original idea was to help people who were high net worth, high income become high net worth because they don't always go together. But yeah. as we talked about before, most people don't want to get rich slowly. They want to get rich quickly. Yeah. And so that wasn't working. And then I got turned on to the idea that business owners weren't looking at their financials. I just assumed if you were a business owner, you 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 understood the business of business. Yeah. But the reality is most business owners get in business to do what they love. And accounting yeah. is last on their list usually. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And so I was like, oh, that's something I can help with. And it's something that's valuable and it's something that I could do that. And then the time came where I was like, work is no more fun. It's time to go. And then I took some time and I, there are a whole bunch of other programs out there. And I Mm -hmm. I looked at a bunch of different ones. I looked at what I wanted to do, how I wanted to structure my life. When I read the stuff that Mike was doing, I'm like, this is how I've lived my life. This is the way I've already done my finances. But then I realized again, like we said before, I didn't want to create all the systems and processes for that and the vision. I was like, let me just hop onto your vision. You teach me your system. I I get it viscerally. It's just a matter of, you know, the nuances. And So I literally, you know, I put in my resignation and I already had my appointment to meet with them and sign up and get started. Awesome. And how did you grow that business? Like, did you, and I don't know if this is a fair question to ask or not, but was it kind of like Mike was just going to do the, like, grow it, grow it in terms of, or did you, yeah, how did that work? So um, I started off, I had a couple of side clients when I left. Uh, work. So I had a little bit to get started. Uh, And then not long after that, something called COVID happened. And so I lost all my clients, all the networking I was doing for that entire period of time was all in person. So that overnight ended, I was networking with bankers and accountants and people who could refer people to me. Well, overnight, they were busy doing PPP loans. They couldn't even breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, overnight, the world of online networking opened up. Mm-hmm. And I already had a podcast. And so I started a second podcast, which was super niche specific mm-hmm. to who my audience was from what I had learned doing the other podcast. So it was easy to do. And I just went out into the online world. I started pod, you know, ramped up the podcast. And between the two of that, over a period of time, it was much easier to actually build faster in the online world. And then over time, that started putting clients on my calendar. And so the podcast, just if I'm reading this right, is was that to actually um, was that an interview? Like you were interviewing guests on there who either could like accountants, bankers, people that you were networking with before or um, potential clients that you were talking to? How how was that working? So the podcast is all about teaching with no expectation. We tell people, hey, everything we do for our clients, we teach you. You can do it yourself. And the first bunch of episodes were all, Mike came on. So I interviewed Mike. 
We went through Mike's entire book on the podcast. I didn't read it. I went through every single chapter and said, here's my insights. Mm. So if you've read the book or you haven't read the book, here's, here's everything you need to know to implement the system. Then I brought all my competitors on, right? People who do what I do said, come on my show. Tell us about your system and how you help people. So again, we're just constantly teaching and educating the listener. With no expectation. And at the end, it's very simple. You've learned all this stuff. You can do it yourself or you can have me do it. And a small percentage of the people went, I've learned it all. It gives me a headache. Would you please do it for me? (laughs) Wow. I love that. And how did you actually market your podcast then? Because obviously it's one thing to have a podcast, but it needs to be out there. How did you find that, you know? Like that, what strategy? The number one way to market a podcast is to go where podcast listeners are, which is other podcasts. Mm. So I would just get on other podcasts like this one (laughs) (laughs) and say, hey, if this is interesting, come listen to me. If it's not, hope I educated you. Have a wonderful day. Yeah. Cool. And along the way, because I know that you love to um, give value and how much of your own story did you share? Because our, you know, our listeners definitely believe in the power of storytelling. Um, and so I'm just really curious to know how much of it did you share and where did you share it? Like, was it on social media? Or was it in your pot? Like, yeah. Talk us through that. I hate social media. <laughs> I just hate to, I do a little, I don't do a ton. My original podcast is where I share my journey. And I, I kept the original podcast. It has no intrinsic business value, but what it does is allow people to get to know, like, and trust me. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to meet people that I would have never met otherwise. So I get amazing guests. And so I just use that podcast as a, to, to share my story, but I do share. And when I go on other podcasts, that's where the short, the story more so gets shared. So it's not necessarily shared on my podcast. It's shared somewhere else and they get to know me. What they hear on my podcast is how I think about money. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And is there anything different that you are looking to do in your marketing going forward um, to generate leads for your business? No, you know what? The, everything is cycled good now and we're humming along. And so I'm literally pulling the reins back just, but you have, and this is a really difficult struggle. You can't turn the marketing machine off, right? Because if you turn it off, it's very hard to bring it back on. And it is somewhat of a roller coaster ride. So I think we're just letting things coast. We're not looking to rev them up. We're not looking to turn them off. We're kind of in that space. Now, could that change in six months if the economy changes? Sure. But for right now, things are kind of moving smoothly. <laughs> awesome. And where do you, and does that mean that you're not really looking to invest specifically in anything uh, for growth over the next year? Or is there other things that you're looking at to invest in for growth over the next year? We're uh, honestly, we're kind of in a regrouping period of, you know, it comes down to trading time for money. And mm. I don't want to trade any more time. So we have to redecide what the future looks like. And I, we're, you know, originally I wasn't sure if we could do things as groups, 
but more and more I'm seeing the opportunity to possibly do things as groups. So I think either between groups or, or courses with support, because no one's going to do a course. I've learned that, especially in this space, like I get questions from listeners or people and I'm like, no, you didn't, it didn't, it didn't go, it didn't get across correctly or you don't understand how to apply this in your business. So we're trying to figure out what is an offering we can create that's not going to take up a ton of time, but that can still help people. And then once that's done, then at that point, then it's maybe, hey, let's rev up the marketing engine for that. But I think we need all the pieces in place first. Yeah, awesome. Wow. Okay. Well, this has been super helpful for everyone listening to this. Thank you so much for coming on and and sharing with us. If anyone is interested in seeing what you have to offer, where is the best place for them to go? So if they like listening to podcasts, the podcast is Profit Answer Man and the website is ProfitComesFirst.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Rocky, for um, sharing with us and everyone else. We will leave those uh, links in the show notes. And if you like, I'm sure you love this episode, actually. So please leave us a review, leave us a rating, uh, follow us, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, go to our website, djshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at Deidre Shen. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.